Chapter sixty seven of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume two, twenty years after, by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Man in the Mask. The snow was falling thick and icy. Aramis was the next to come in and to discover Athos almost insensible. But at the first words he uttered, the Comte roused himself from the kind of lethargy in which he had sunk. Well, said Aramis, beaten by fate beaten said athos noble and unhappy king are you wounded cried aramis no this is his blood where were you then where you left me under the scaffold did you see it all no but i heard all God preserve me from another such hour as I have just passed. Then you know that I did not leave him. I heard your voice up to the last moment. Here is the order he gave me, and the cross I took from his hand. He desired that they should be returned to the queen. Then here is a handkerchief to wrap them in, replied Athos, drawing from his pocket the one he had steeped in the king's blood. And what, continued he, has been done with the poor body? By order of Cromwell, royal honors will be accorded to it. The doctors are embalming the corpse, and when it is ready, it will be placed in a lighted chapel. Mockery, muttered Athos savagely, royal honors to one whom they have murdered. Well, cheer up, said a loud voice from the staircase which porthos had just mounted we are all mortal my poor friends you are late my dear porthos yes there were some people on the way who delayed me the wretches were dancing i took one of them by the throat and three-quarters throttled him just then a patrol rode up luckily the man i had had most to do with was some minutes before he could speak so i took advantage of his silence to walk off have you seen d'artagnan we got separated in the crowd and i could not find him again oh said athos satirically i saw him he was in the front row of the crowd admirably placed for seeing and as on the whole the sight was curious he probably wished to stay to the end ah comte de la fere said a calm voice though hoarse with running is it your habit to calumniate the absent this reproof stung athos to the heart but as the impression produced by seeing d'artagnan foremost in a coarse ferocious crowd had been very strong he contented himself with replying i am not calumniating you my friend they were anxious about you here i simply told them where you were you didn't know king charles to you he was only a foreigner and you were not obliged to love him so saying, he stretched out his hand, but the other pretended not to see it, and he let it drop again slowly by his side. "'Ugh! I am tired!' cried D'Artagnan, sitting down. "'Drink a glass of port,' said Aramis. "'It will refresh you.' "'Yes, let us drink,' said Athos, anxious to make it up by hobnobbing with D'Artagnan. "'Let us drink and get away from this hateful country.' 
the felucca is waiting for us you know let us leave to-night we have nothing more to do here you are in a hurry sir count said d'artagnan but what would you have us do here now that the king is dead go sir count replied d'artagnan carelessly you see nothing to keep you a little longer in england well for my part i a bloodthirsty ruffian who can go and stand close to a scaffold in order to have a better view of the king's execution i remain athos turned pale every reproach his friend uttered struck deeply in his heart ah you remain in london said porthos yes and you hang it said porthos a little perplexed between the two i suppose as i came with you i must go away with you i can't leave you alone in this abominable country thanks my worthy friend so i have a little adventure to propose to you and the count is gone i want to find out who was the man in the mask who so obligingly offered to cut the king's throat a man in a mask cried athos you did not let the executioner escape then the executioner is still in the cellar where i presume he has had an interview with mine host's bottles but you remind me mousqueton sir answered a voice from the depths of the earth let out your prisoner all is over but said athos who is the wretch that has dared to raise his hand against the king an amateur headsman replied aramis who however does not handle the axe amiss did you not see his face asked athos he wore a mask but you aramis who were so close to him i could see nothing but a gray beard under the fringe of the mask then it must be a man of a certain age oh said d'artagnan that matters little when one puts on a mask it is not difficult to wear a beard under it i am sorry i did not follow him said porthos well my dear porthos said d'artagnan that's the very thing it came into my head to do athos understood all now pardon me d'artagnan he said i have distrusted god i could the more easily distrust you pardon me my friend we will see about that presently said d'artagnan with a slight smile well then said aramis well while i was watching not the king as monsieur le comte thinks for i know what it is to see a man led to death and though i ought to be accustomed to the sight it always makes me ill while i was watching the masked executioner the idea came to me as i said to find out who he was now as we are wont to complete ourselves each by all the rest and to depend on one another for assistance as one calls his other hand to aid the first i looked around instinctively to see if porthos was there for i had seen you aramis with the king and you count i knew would be under the scaffold and for that reason i forgive you he added offering athos's hand for you must have suffered much i was looking around for porthos when i saw near me a head which had been broken but which for better or worse had been patched with plaster and with black silk humph thought i 
that looks like my handiwork i fancy i must have mended that skull somewhere or other and in fact it was that unfortunate scotchman parry's brother you know on whom groslow amused himself by trying his strength well this man was making signs to another at my left and turning around i recognized the honest grimaud oh said i to him grimaud turned round with a jerk recognized me and pointed to the man in the mask eh said he which meant do you see him parbleu i answered and we perfectly understood one another well everything was finished as you know the mob dispersed i made a sign to grimaud and the scotchman and we all three retired into a corner of the square i saw the executioner return into the king's room change his clothes put on a black hat and a large cloak and disappear five minutes later he came down the grand staircase you followed him cried athos i should think so but not without difficulty every few minutes he turned around and thus obliged us to conceal ourselves i might have gone up to him and killed him but i am not selfish and i thought it might console you all a little to have a share in the matter so we followed him through the lowest streets in the city and in half an hour's time he stopped before a little isolated house grimaud drew out a pistol eh said he showing it i held back his arm the man in the mask stopped before a low door and drew out a key but before he placed it in the lock he turned around to see if he was being followed grimaud and i got behind a tree and the scotchman having nowhere to hide himself threw himself on his face in the road next moment the door opened and the man disappeared the scoundrel said aramis while you have been returning hither he will have escaped and we shall never find him come now aramis said d'artagnan you must be taking me for someone else nevertheless said athos in your absence well in my absence haven't i put in my place grimaud and the scotchman before he had taken ten steps beyond the door i had examined the house on all sides at one of the doors that by which he had entered i placed our scotchman making a sign to him to follow the man wherever he might go if he came out again then going around the house i placed grimaud on the other exit and here i am our game is beaten up now for the tally-ho athos threw himself into d'artagnan's arms friend he said you have been too good in pardoning me i was wrong a hundred times wrong i ought to have known you better by this time but we are all possessed of a malignant spirit which bids us doubt humph said porthos don't you think the executioner might be master cromwell who to make sure of this affair undertook it himself ah just so cromwell is stout and short and this man thin and lanky rather tall than otherwise some condemned soldier perhaps suggested athos whom they have pardoned at the price of regicide no no continued d'artagnan it was not the measured step of a foot-soldier nor was it the gait of a horseman if i am not mistaken we have to do with a gentleman a gentleman exclaimed athos impossible it would be a dishonor to all the nobility fine sport by jove cried porthos with a laugh that shook the windows 
fine sport are you still bent on departure athos asked d'artagnan no i remain replied athos with a threatening gesture that promised no good to whomsoever it was addressed swords then cried aramis swords let us not lose a moment the four friends resumed their own clothes girded on their swords ordered mousqueton and blaisois to pay the bill and to arrange everything for immediate departure and wrapped in their large cloaks left in search of their game the night was dark snow was falling the streets were silent and deserted d'artagnan led the way through the intricate windings and narrow alleys of the city and ere long they had reached the house in question for a moment d'artagnan thought that perry's brother had disappeared but he was mistaken the robust scotchman accustomed to the snows of his native hills had stretched himself against the post and like a fallen statue insensible to the inclemency of the weather had allowed the snow to cover him he rose however as they approached come said athos here's another good servant really honest men are not so scarce as i thought don't be in a hurry to weave crowns for our scotchman i believe the fellow is here on his own account for i have heard that these gentlemen born beyond the tweed are very vindictive i should not like to be groslow if he meets him well said athos to the man in english no one has come out he replied then porthos and aramis will you remain with this man while we go around to grimaud grimaud had made himself a kind of sentry-box out of a hollow willow and as they drew near he put his head out and gave a low whistle so ho cried athos yes said grimaud well has anybody come out no but somebody has gone in a man or a woman a man ha ha said d'artagnan there are two of them then i wish there were four said athos the two parties would then be equal perhaps there are four said d'artagnan what do you mean other men may have entered before them and waited for them we can find out said grimaud at the same time he pointed to a window through the shutters of which a faint light streamed that is true said d'artagnan let us call the others they returned around the house to fetch porthos and aramis have you seen anything they asked no but we are going to replied d'artagnan pointing to grimaud who had already climbed some five or six feet from the ground all four came together grimaud continued to climb like a cat and succeeded at last in catching hold of a hook which served to keep one of the shutters back when opened then resting his foot on a small ledge he made a sign to show all was right well asked d'artagnan grimaud showed his closed hand with two fingers spread out speak said athos we cannot see your signs how many are there two one opposite me the other with his back to me good and the man opposite you is the man i saw go in do you know him i thought i recognized him and was not mistaken short and stout who is it they all asked together in a low tone general oliver cromwell the four friends looked at one another 
"'And the other?' asked Athos. "'Thin and lanky.' "'The executioner,' said D'Artagnan and Aramis at the same time. "'I can see nothing but his back,' resumed Grimaud. "'But, wait, he is moving, and if he has taken off his mask I shall be able to see—' "'Ah!' And as if struck in the heart, he let go the hook and dropped with a groan. "'Did you see him?' they all asked. "'Yes,' said Grimaud, with his hair standing on end. "'The thin spare man?' "'Yes.' "'The executioner, in short?' asked Aramis. "'Yes.' "'And who is it?' said Porthos. "'He, he, is,' murmured Grimaud, pale as a ghost, and seizing his master's hand. "'Who, he?' asked Athos. Mordaunt, replied Grimaud. D'Artagnan, Porthos, and Aramis uttered a cry of joy. Athos stepped back and passed his hand across his brow. Fatality, he muttered. End of chapter 67. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.